The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am Dr. Drayvon James, and I'm super excited to have you here with us today on the Everyday Peace Show with Dr. Drayvon James on the Unity Online Radio Network. Listen, we are here today to talk about peace. We do this every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or whatever time it is right now in your corner of the world. And yes, that's that's right. You heard me right. We talk about peace in our life every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Now, can you even imagine waking up and knowing that every day of your life, you're going to have peace, wholeness, completeness, Nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. How amazing is that? Well, yes, I'm here to tell you that it's possible. You deserve it. And yes, you can achieve it. As a mom of two busy children working, I work full time as a pharmacist. I run a business. I do this radio show. I do keynote speaking, workshopping. I'm busy. You're busy. We're all busy. We get it. But busy people still deserve to have a life of peace every day. Yes, we have to work at it, but guess what? We're worth it. We are worth it. Our life is not supposed to be one fall of mediocrity just rolling downhill. We we have to get ahead of this thing. And today we have a fabulous guest, which is going to talk with us and work with us today. She is going to be talking about happiness and how to have get happiness from the inside out. Her name is Ilana Davison. She is the best-selling author of Finding Your Own Happy, The Soul Searcher's Guide to Peace and Happiness in Everyday Life. Over the last 10 years, Ilana has helped countless soul searchers, empaths, and sensitive folks transform emotional turmoil, confusion, insanity, and depression to reclaim their vitality and their energy to create empowered lives that truly work for them. A soul searcher herself, Ilana wondered why after more than 20 years of personal exploration, self-reflection, meditation, spiritual practice work with all sorts of healers and modalities, and even going to therapy, her life still seemed hard and she still struggled with debilitating and sometimes suicidal feeling depression, not finding any any answers or satisfaction there. She turned to, to her inside and she forged her own path, discovering the missing keys that ultimately made depression a thing of the past, restored her energy, her vitality, and she created a life for herself that was worth living. Listen, this story, this bio moves me so much because I know as a practicing pharmacist, I've been practicing clinical consultant pharmacist for over 29 years, depression is debilitating and emotional health can lead to physical problems, physical health issues. So it is all encompassing. 
it is really important that we understand that we do have some control. We do have some power. We do have some responsibility in the healing of ourselves. So when I read Ilana Davidson's story, her bio and her awesome book, I knew I wanted to bring this type of person to our channel because I believe that freedom is our birthright, right? That's the title of my first book. That we have a we have an obligation to seek out healing for ourselves. It doesn't negate the healing that the healthcare community is working towards, but who knows us better than us? We have an obligation to seek out alternative healings for ourselves. Ilana works with clients, and we're going to hear her story of how she overcame suicidal depression. So if you are a person who's suffering right now for whatever reason, I want you to stay close to this radio program. If you know someone else who may be in need, gently encourage them to get online now and listen to this program. Of course, it is available afterwards on the Unity Online uh, Network, but we're available today. We're t- this, is a, this is a live program, so you can call in with questions and comments. I really want this to be an impactful hour for each and every one of us. So without any more time wasted, Ilana, welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Oh, thank you so much. It's really great to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. And I don't want to waste a minute of your precious story. In fact, I wanted to start right there because I'm impressed uh, and very inquisitive as to how you were able to develop a modality that helped you overcome suicidal thoughts and depression. Talk yes. to us a little bit about so, how, how you got, how did you get to that path of having the, these, this type of depression and you know, what happened? Yeah. So like I said, it's like 20 years of struggling and, and not understanding why I still like I found things that helped me and helped with my depression, but I would still get to these places that were really intense and really dark, and I didn't understand why I couldn't change them. Because my belief was always that there must be a way out and through, and I, I just hadn't found it yet. And so there are many different factors that go into uh levels of depression that I experienced, some of which were suicidal. One of them is, is the cutting off of the self and the denial of the self. And that has certainly been a piece of when I start to get into a really dark place to ask myself, okay, where am I cutting myself off from myself or denying myself in some way? And that sometimes opens things back up for me and it helps me find some lightness. There's actually a story, I think I write about it in my book, where I spent a day feeling very dark and very heavy and like I just didn't want to live and realized by the end of the day that I was actually incredibly angry and I hadn't been willing to let myself be angry and acknowledge my anger. And as soon as I tapped into that sense of anger, the depression lifted and went away. So sometimes that that feeling of depression and, and that wanting to die feeling is a way that you're trying to keep something out of your awareness or keep yourself from seeing something that you don't want to see. And so if you open yourself up to being willing to to seeing everything, it can really change things. Um, yeah. There's, there's also another big aspect that is sort of in the realm of, of far out. Um, if you want, I can tell the story about how I came to it, but it has to do with being aware of of 
ghosts or entities or energies like that. And that yes, was please tell a the really story. huge, huge piece for me. Um, yes, tell the so, story. I think I, I think you'll benefit from this, hearing the whole story. Yeah, so like I said, I had been working on my own happiness for a long time, and I would make, I'd been making some progress. I'd uncovered certain things that definitely made a difference and contributed to me feeling happier, but I would still get to these, like, really dark depressions that just felt like, where is this coming from? I don't know what to do with it. So I was staying in uh, an old mill building in North Carolina, and it used to be a factory, right? And I could not sleep. I felt all of these intrusive thoughts. I felt like I didn't want to live. And I'm going, like, what is going on here? Because actually I know, like, with my rational, logical brain, I know that actually I do want to live. That's not really true, that I want to die. And yet I felt it so intensely and so heavily. Um, and then I went and I had an exchange with another healer the next day and she said I got to her house I was feeling all out of sorts and she said oh well are there entities present and I just started crying and just bawling and I said yes there are and so she had some tools and we did some work to clear some of the entity energy that I was aware of so basically the sense that I got is that there were some energies in that space some entities, if you will. And by entities, I just am talking about energies that are not informed, don't have a body. In my senses, maybe some people who suffered in that mill building, some of the factory workers, I was aware of their energy. And now I totally would not have entertained this. It's, it feels a little bit far out to me and sometimes far out to others. But what I learned from that, so I learned some tools of how to identify when what was showing up for me was entities and other people's dark energies, maybe people who are lost souls or things like that, and how to work with it and what to do when that started to come into my space. Um, so I, I, got, I, I of, got a question. Yeah. I got a question. I I hate to break in there because I find that fascinating because, you know, uh, when you talk about these entities and these energies, I can remember hearing people say when they move into new homes or, you know, a home that was previously owned by somebody else, you know, Mm -hmm. you did have like their priest or their pastor come over and they would bless the home first. I had a friend in college and she I don't know what her religion was. I don't want to tack it on and say it wrong. But anyway, her religious leader would come over and remove entities. And she said, you know, they use what I now know is sage. And they'd mm-hmm. sage the home to remove any entities that that may have been trapped. Maybe they hadn't had yeah. made their full full ascension. And that was mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. time that I actually heard it placed that way. But she said, oh, yes, so we do that. Even like if they were her family owned businesses, and like if they move into a new office there, they would go in there and they'd have this, you know, their I don't know what their religious leader was exactly. called, but yep. they would come in there. So, so that's what you're talking about, something like that. Exactly. And I think so many people, like my experience, just working with people and then talking to also people who are, are working in this realm is that there's a lot of mental health issues, depression, suicidal ideation, so forth and so on, 
that is actually related to people being sensitive and aware of lost souls, entity, energy, but not realizing it and thinking it's them, having that energy take them over. And really the thing that convinced me that this was true and and had some relevance is that once I understood that and once I understood how to work with it, I could shift and clear that really particular dark kind of depression that was showing up in my life. And it it completely transformed my experience. And so I never went back to that same level of depression that I had had before because I it would sometimes it would start to creep in and I'd go, wait a minute, okay, what is this? This is like that entity thing going on. Let me use the tools I have to clear it. And what I say to people is like, you don't have to believe that there are beings or spirits or so forth floating around out there. But what I do know is when I acknowledge a certain kind of feeling as that and I use the tools that I've learned to clear it, that experience shifts and goes away and I don't feel that dark and depressed anymore. Now, the tools that you learn would be from the person that you went to go see when you were living in that mill? Um, yes, some of them from her, some from other places. But um, And it's really simple, actually. Like, the basic tool is just to say, like, are there entities present? And, like, if that gives you any sense of lightness, then it's probably a yes. And then you just, sometimes, like, I just do, and this is something I've sort of developed on my own, but it's like, hey, you can go now. You can go. Sometimes I say, do you know you don't have a body? Because if it's a lost soul, like they died and they didn't realize that they were dead, they might just be hanging out, wandering around, being a little bit confused. It's like, hey, do you know you don't have a body? And sometimes once they realize, oh, I died, then they can just up and go. Or to say, you can go now, like sometimes that clears up the energy enough. Um, just to to let them know that they can go. I mean, we have this idea that the spirit world is like all knowing and all perceptive, but a lot of the time these energies, they're just really confused and lost and they just need a little bit of guidance to know what's going on and and move forward, if that makes sense. It, It makes totally good sense because, you know, if you think about it, we are all entities, right? It's just that we happen to be clothed in a body. Right. Right. And so, right. And so if you think about it, if something were to happen, let's just say this is how it plays out in my mind anyway. If something sudden was to happen and you were in your spirit was to be released from your body, let's say a tragic accident or something, you you could be in shock and real and not realize. And in fact, I think I've heard this and people have these near death experiences, something they're confused for a minute as to where they are when they can see their body maybe lying on an operating table or something and they're kind of confused. So that confusion I know could be, we hear people tell that story about how they have these near death experiences and then they have to remember how to get back into their body and they have to be coaxed back in. So Mm -hmm. I do believe. And also it's like for the people on this side of things that have a body and are sensitive to those kinds of experiences, if they don't have the tools to work with it, they might just feel really weird or it might freak them out. Like I have stories, I have a story actually of someone I met, she had 
she had witnessed a car accident, I think, and the person who died starts talking to her. And, like, it freaked her out at first. She was like, oh, my God, no way. And Wow. She went by the same place the next day, and the guy is talking to her and saying, I need you to go tell these people this thing. Like, I need you to tell um, the people who are standing there. And so she finally got up the courage, and she went, and she said, I might sound totally crazy, but this is the message I have for you. And she told them, they're like, no, that's exactly what he would have said. Thank you very much. And so a lot of us don't know that we're having these energies floating around. Or and I And I had a powerful experience with working with someone where I was just picking up on, I was just picking up on all this energy and I didn't know what it was. And I started just talking to her about it. And I used um, muscle testing, kinesiology in my work. So we were just using her body to sort of identify the information. And I got this profile of this entity in her space, which is an older man. And it's like, um, he seems like really upset and he, like, maybe he lost his wife and he couldn't do anything about it. And he needs to be, he wants, like, we need to forgive him or something is what I was telling her. And then I said, so... I don't think it's anything personal to you, but is there a place in your experience where you have a similar energetic thing going on? And she started crying, and she told me that her father had lost his his first wife in childbirth and couldn't do anything about it and felt incredibly guilty his whole life. And so it was this amazing, like, wow... I was just aware of something. I let myself to sort of suspend disbelief, go with what I was sensing, and here it related directly to her and something that was going on with her. Oh, okay, Lana. What you just said here are a couple gems that I think we can translate to so many of our lives. And the first thing that I want to just go back to is when you said you can just say to these entities that, hey, you know, um, are you aware that you don't have a body or what have you? It is just that acknowledging sometimes, you know, which goes back yeah. to your thing about denying of self. What we deny, what we refuse to see, we cannot change. We have to first exactly. be willing to see, to acknowledge it, to say, yes, this is existing. And I think that makes a good, a very good point when you say that's how you really can clear these entities. It's just by acknowledge. Hey, I, acknowledge, I know that you're present. Right. So that acknowledging, I think, is such a key point in anything that we're trying to deal with and, and really have some corrective or some change in our life about is realizing that we, yes, mm-hmm. we do have to acknowledge something, no matter how painful it is, no matter how much we're, I'm, I'm one of those people, I say all the time that I am positive poly. I try always to see, you know, the bright side of everything. But mm-hmm. if I want change, I really have to acknowledge what I'm feeling now. It means you can't be in self-denial, right? You got to say, okay, yeah. I am, you know, and I love that about saying I'm angry. I don't know if you're familiar with Abraham Hicks, but she, um, yeah, she talks about that. Um, she says, you know, talks about how these emotions, like if you're sad, right? Sad is a very low vibrational energy. Anger is 
if you're going up the emotional you know, barometer, anger is a step up from being sad. So if you can get yourself from being sad to anger, angry, you can really do, you, you can really start to make some changes, affect some changes in your life because it has a higher vibrational energy. But for a lot of people, especially women, you know, we're, we're hesitant to say that we are angry. You know, yeah, we feel some kind of, you know, right? right there, it just, it touches so, it, it touches on the piece of my book that was a really, also a really pivotal point for me, which you're talking about being willing to see and be aware of everything and to acknowledge how you're being impacted by your life, how you're being impacted by your experiences. I talk a lot about being willing to or able to have emotionally appropriate responses to what happened to you in your lifetime and that that is such a freeing um, experience. So part of my story is I grew up in a, in a um, how would I just define it, it's sort of an alternative new age kind of family, but there was a lot of things that happened in my family that I knew were not quite right, but Anytime I tried to bring them to light in my family, I was told that, what am I talking about? There's not a problem here. You're basically told that I was the crazy one. And I realized for so many years of my life, like this cognitive dissonance of not having validation and not being able to acknowledge and see what was really going on. So what you're talking about, being fully aware of what's really happening, and I wasn't allowed to be angry about it. I wasn't allowed to have an emotionally appropriate response to having unavailable parents that that couldn't emotionally connect. And it was always me, so I internalized it, and I spent all of these years, like, soul-searching, looking at what's wrong with me, what's my problem, where am I screwed up and broken, rather than acknowledging, wow, there's some pain and hurt there for not getting my needs met as a kid, and I'm really kind of angry about it. And, oh, my goodness. Yes, yes. And once, once I could access that anger, once I was able to really be angry, it was like I was actually talking to my client about it today, and I, I came out and I did some transformational breath work. Um, and I thought I had done a good job of, of healing my relationship with my parents or like understanding it, and I had it at an intellectual level. But the body doesn't lie, and it holds so much energy. And so when I did this work with working with the breath and allowing yourself to breathe into all of the places that you've been cutting yourself off, which is the way we control our emotions, I tapped into how angry I was, not about what happened to me, but that I was never allowed to be upset about it. And so... Exactly, that energy of anger is a way that we get to reclaim our vitality and reclaim our power. And so if there's, for the listeners, if there's any place in your life where you haven't been allowed to have an emotionally appropriate response to what's going on for you in your life, maybe it's in your childhood, maybe it's otherwhere in your life, and you're suppressing that response, it may lead to feelings of depression, even sometimes suicidal ideation. But when you can access that frozen energy, when you can get in touch with, wow, I'm really righteously angry, and the emotionally appropriate response to being invalidated is to be angry, it's like, 
all of this life energy frees up. And it's really sometimes depression is just stuck and um, solidified or atrophied life energy that hasn't been able to flow. And when we can access that and have it flow, wow, so much more opens up and there's so much greater possibility. You're absolutely right. I used to tell people in my in my youth, I said, and you know, I had a lot of trauma in my young coming up years, and I said what I did was I didn't even kill those memories. I just buried them alive. So you know, after a while, all that you know, <laughs> that stink uh-huh. starts to rise up to the surface, and you have to deal with it because it isn't. You know, I said I never dealt with it. I just I just put it in the closet in the back of the closet somewhere my within my being. And so you do have to allow yourself space and time to deal with that and to really get a support network so that you can work through that because you don't want that to be hindering you, you know, uh, killing you over and over and over again. You really want to and see exactly, that situation. Like the, the ability to see things clearly. And I there's a whole section in my book about childhood trauma and working with unresolved childhood trauma and how it affects our lives and our ability to go forward. And so... If someone, let's say someone is being in your family when you're a little kid is being manipulative in some way, but you're never allowed to like really see what's going on, then anywhere else in your life as you grow up, if you're never able to see it in childhood that you're being manipulated, then it's really easy for people in adulthood to manipulate you and you don't understand what's going on. And so it's like you have to be willing to see everything. And then once you are able to see everything, you can see it for what it is and you can navigate your experience in such a more holistic, easier way, if that makes sense. Yes. Oh, my goodness. We could spend so much time talking about the childhood thing because it's so much connected to everything. And it's not to to really come down on parents. I have to tell you that I don't know anyone who any adult uh, current day who does not have something from their childhood because you're not raised by perfect people. They are also dealing with things. So I think that it would be a good idea for all of us to get some kind of. I say that most of us probably Maybe there's exceptions, but I would say most of us are suffering in some way from undiagnosed and unresolved PTSD from childhood, and that goes back generations. So, yes, my childhood had some things that were traumatizing about it, but if I look at my mom's childhood and my dad's we're gonna We're going to break, Ilana, for this quick commercial yes. break. Guys, come sure. back for this riveting conversation. We're going to talk about Ilana cured herself. And she has a method for each and every one of us that will find useful. After the break, we're coming back. Thank you for being Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you will give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the support of listeners like you to continue operating and expand its outreach. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today. 
Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Ogan Holder, speaking at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts, on living an abundant life. Examine your life, whatever you may think is missing or lacking or you wish you had. Realize that you are bearing false witness against your true self and speak words of abundance to it. Speak words of truth to it and to yourself and repeat them over and over again until you have brainwashed yourself into believing that you are divine. The moment you begin to think and speak as if truly you are the embodiment of all that is. This is the only thing we gotta get in through our thick skulls. Living the abundant life is not about what we have. Living the abundant life is realizing that we have it all. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Did you know you can reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer, or call 816-969-2000. Discover Unity Village, and you'll find a peaceful oasis just 15 miles from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. If you're doing business in the area or looking for the perfect place for your retreat or conference, check out all that Unity Village has to offer. With 1,200 wooded acres, a beautiful nature trail, award-winning rose garden, golf course, and newly redesigned hotel and conference center, Unity Village has everything you need for that perfect event. Go to unityvillage.org to find out more. Discover how to connect with our loved ones on the other side with Suzanne Giesman and Messages of Hope. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Central as Suzanne shares evidence that love never dies. In evidential medium, spiritual teacher, and author, Suzanne brings hope and healing through her gift of communication with those who have passed. Suzanne brings messages of hope and love that go straight to the heart. Tune in this Thursday right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to Everyday Peace. We have best-selling author with us today, Ilana Davison, from Finding Your Own Happy. We are discussing how she developed a system where she cured herself from depression, severe depression, where she had suicidal tendencies. We're giving you some real-life tips on what she did and what may work for you and an opportunity to call and ask questions. We have a caller on the line, so we're going to go to the caller now. Hello, you're on the air with Dr. Drayvon James and Ilana Davidson. How are you? Hello? Hello? Do we have our caller there? Hello? Hi, I'm here. We we can hear you. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Hi. Um, Thank you for calling in. Oh, good, you- good, good. Great, great show. And um, 
she really hit home with a lot of stuff, um, especially when she was talking about the entities. And I was wondering, I wanted to ask her, could that explain why sometimes when you do things and you know you should know why you're doing things, but when you're asked, like, why did you do this or why did you do that, and you give a response that says, well, I really don't know, and it sounds ridiculous, especially if you're an adult, but you try to, you know, you, you rack your brain about why you did this and you did that, and it could be you say, well, I did it because I'm selfish, or I did it because I really care about myself. But maybe it's deeper than that. Maybe these um, entities that she's talking about, these spirits, have an impact on your behavior. And I wanted to know if she thought that that made sense. Like, does that can that explain why maybe you don't really fully understand why you do particular things, especially if those things are destructive or they're harmful to other people? Yes. So there's, it's interesting because that fits in sort of how I work and what my process is, which is a lot about asking questions and looking for the thing that creates the most space, the most lightness, the most shift. So if I were in your situation where I did something that seemed sort of self-destructive or weird and I didn't understand why I had done it, I would start asking myself questions to see, like, what sort of pops for me or what creates a lightness for me? And, like, oh, so was it entities? Was I responding to some entity energy? And is that why I did it? And, it, like, if I get a bit of space and lightness around it, it's like, okay, that's probably what was going on. Or sometimes I've found that I'll do things toward other people, um, because I'm aware of some perspective or judgment that they have inside themselves that I'm picking up on and then acting from. Like people are projecting constantly their energy out and sending you messages about themselves constantly. Most of us are not aware that that's happening, but we will respond to whatever signal they're sending out and they will, then we will meet their expectation and we will respond to them in a sense of their expectation. And sometimes they'll be like, wait a minute, why am I doing, oh, why am I doing this? Oh, I'm picking up on something that they're like sending out and I'm I'm functioning from their point of view because that's what they're, that's the signal that they're giving, if that makes sense. Mm, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, so, I, well, thank you for that question, but I, I have another statement to that. So what you're saying is that, Someone could be putting out an energy and it's almost like I, the, what popped in my head was like dolphins. You know, they send out this signal uh, in, a, in the ocean or whatever, and it draws other dolphins to them or this kind of thing. So, so we're, radi- we're always radiating at a certain energy level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so radiating some type of energy and you are picking up and you're unconsciously responding to that energy. Exactly. It's like we all have like, we broadcast our expectations. We all broadcast energy at a certain way. Like, so, and the people think that, like, the world is out to get them, right? Because if if someone comes into my world and the energy that they're broadcasting to me is rejection and that they're going to be rejected and that nobody likes them, which is, I'm just using this as an example, most of us will unconsciously respond and sort of give them what they just stated, basically, with their energy. Now, as you get more aware and are able to perceive what other people's energy is saying, 
then I have started to notice, like, like I will function in ways that don't feel like my natural way of being around certain people. And I'll go, wait a minute, why am I being like that? Oh, I'm being like that because that's the energy that they're putting out for me to be like. And then I can stop myself and I can be, I can show up differently in their world. But for most of us, most of the time, it's just this unconscious interplay of energy and we're responding from to other people's projections and expectations onto us all the time. Wow. So this is why self-care is so important because you can be saying verbally and call it, you can say whether or not you, you agree with this too, because this is your question. I'm just jumping in on it, (laughs) but you can, you can, you can say with your words that you want this type of life or you want this to happen in your life. But if you're not taking care of yourself and you're not practicing self-love from a place of organic love and truth and honor with yourself, then the message that you're sending energetically is just the opposite, maybe. And that you Mm -hmm. will draw to you, you'll draw to yourself that which you say you do not want. This self-care this self-care piece is important in self-awareness too. I think we, you, at the top yeah. of the hour, you started off talking about denial of self. So I think that's a really good and question. There's, a, there's another piece about doing things that don't make sense to you or you don't understand, which a lot of my work is around looking at what is happening under the surface, what's going on with your subconscious and most of us are not aware of, like, the subconscious motivations and reasons for why we do things, why we say things, etc. However, through the years of my work with looking at my own subconscious patterns and also with my clients is that when you can kind of unearth the layers and get to what's below the surface, then it actually makes perfect sense. And you go, oh, I see why I sabotaged myself there or I see why I said that mean thing and what was going on. And my view of the subconscious is really the subconscious is just trying to help you, just trying to protect you, just trying to defend against whatever threat it feels like it's under. Um, And that there's a a perfectly good, logical, self-preserving reason for every choice that you've ever made and everything that you've ever done in your life. And so... This idea that people are bad and they do bad things, like it doesn't actually fit with my understanding of the world and with people. It's like we do misguided things or misunderstood things, but always at some level there was some life-serving purpose that we were trying to meet by doing what we were doing. That makes sense. Oh, yes, it does. It does. It does. Go ahead, call <laughs> Can I ask another question, real quick? If you have time, Doctor Jane, real quick. Oh, abs- absolutely. These, yeah, I'm, I'm jumping in on your questions, so you forgive me. Go right ahead. Okay. So the other question I have is, so if you've been um, told, let's say, all your life that let's say you do something that's wrong, you, you make a mistake, or you do something that's intentional that's wrong, and so you know, and you're told about it, rightfully so, and, and the behavior is corrected, but you feel you get you're upset because let's just say for example um you don't want to hear what the person has to say or they keep saying it over and over again and 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 i'm just talking about the stemming from childhood so you're told okay well you don't have a right to be upset because you you 
You did the action. You caused the behavior. And so I'm just talking about myself. So throughout my um, childhood, throughout my life, if I've done something and then so a person is constantly talking about, okay, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, I just remember this as a kid. And so in, in my era growing up, you couldn't express anything because if you said anything to your parents, um, you know, you might you'd get punished because you were seen and not heard. So you keep this inside, and then you grow throughout your life, and if you make a mistake or you do things wrong, you do things intentionally um, that are wrong, and you know they're wrong, but and so you're told about it, and you you and you make an effort to correct the behavior. Sometimes you don't fix the behavior, but you make an effort to. And then you're just told over and over again that, um, you know, you don't have a right to be upset because I'm upset about what well, you did. And so you don't express yourself emotionally. What What can that do to you? Well, there's a few things. One is I don't, like I just said, I don't believe that anything is inherently right or wrong. Everything that we do is a choice and it has an effect and it has an impact and there's also like a reason behind what we do. So you don't ever do anything that's just purely wrong. You do things because you're trying to achieve or get to some sort of result and you, you might not understand it because it might be on a subconscious level. The other thing about, like, you don't have a right to feel the way that you feel, there's a, a quote in my book that I absolutely love that changed my life a lot, which is that your feelings are not open for negotiation. They are actually just the lived experience of the moment. So a feeling arises in you. You feel how you feel. You can't not feel what you're feeling. It just is what's happening in the moment that it's happening. Like somebody says something and boom, oh, I feel scared. Like, oh, you don't have a right to feel scared. That's just what's happening. It's not a matter of right or not right. It's just experience I'm having in this moment. And so that taught me a lot of compassion for because I used to argue with myself and say, oh, well, you're overreacting, you shouldn't feel that way, blah, blah, blah. The truth is I do feel that way, and my feelings are telling me important information about how I experience life. And if I can start to listen to them, I can use them to help me navigate and better um, move through the world and through my experience. Mm, thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for ca calling in, Carla. I hope this this is a riveting subject. I, I know we're not going to cover it all in this one hour. So thank you for being an everyday peacemaker. Please stay on the line because Ilana is going to give information of how you can contact her and work with her more deeply. And I think you'll really benefit from that. So thank you for being with us today. And thank you, Dr. James, for another great show. Your shows are great every single week. You're great. Your guests are great. And it's just it was just a pleasure for me to listen to you and listen to your shows. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being a loyal listener. All right. So um, so I got so much of what the, you and the caller were just talking about. And it goes back again, what you said, you know, my feelings are my feelings. And so, you know, my organization is Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. And what we talk about a lot is what you just hit on. Uh, acknowledge what you're feeling accept it without without judgment without condemnation without shame or blame just this is what i'm feeling 
right? There's no yeah. shame in that. This is, you know, this there's is. A, I think there's a there's a place, especially for people who've struggled with mental health or depression or things like that, where we just want our feelings to go away, right? What's wrong with me that I feel this way? I just want it to go away, and. I remember this moment where I went, like, wait a minute, like, feelings have to serve, like, we wouldn't be created with feelings if they didn't serve some purpose in our lives. And I I stopped believing that feelings meant something was wrong and broken that I had to fix because it was never ending, right? And so I started to say, okay, if feelings are really part of, like, the human design, because they exist in our experience, and it's not just that we're we're messed up per se. Then what are they here for, and and how do I work with them? And I started to understand that my feelings are giving me very important information about my relationship to the world and my relationship to life. And when I can start to pay attention to them, heed them, honor them, respect them then they can be a useful navigational tool for me. And it's like, okay, moving in this direction, I have a misgiving, I don't, I'm not feeling so good about this. Okay, let me adjust here. Or something, someone showing up in your life in a way that doesn't really work for you, you're going to have some feelings about it. And if you just say, like, why am I feeling this way? I just make my feelings go away. You're missing that bit of information that's saying, Hmm, this relationship, this dynamic might not be the most beneficial for me and most life-serving for me, and maybe I need to make a little bit of an adjustment. Um, So to me, feelings are an important navigational tool, and the more that I honor them and listen to them, the less sort of emotional roller coaster I experience, and the more it's like, oh, okay, that's showing up. Let me just adjust a little bit until I'm back in the place of peace, which I love what you talk about, is everyday peace, coming back to that place of peace, and everything is just, I also say in my book, everything is just information that you can use to your advantage, and so figure out what that information is telling you and how to interpret it, and then you can find your freedom, you can find your peace, and you can find your happiness when you really understand what the information is and what it's trying to tell you. Oh, you're so right. And I was going to want to say one quick thing about shame because we are almost out of time. We're, we got some more time left and we got so much ground to cover. But shame is something that I want every one of our listeners to really just wipe out of their whole existence. And this weekend, I happened to be in conversation with someone who gave me this acronym for shame. And I wanted to share it here on the radio. It says shame stands for should have already mastered everything. Who among us should have already mastered everything? None of us, not even about ourselves, because we're always evolving and changing. This life experience is dynamic. We will not master it. Right. So this this notion of that I'm ashamed, I have shame associated with this. I really want us to move past that and become more accepting of ourselves in the process and the acceptance of other people in their process. So I want to hop into, uh, go into so many, so many things that are on my mind at one time, but we talked about the roadway, the map, 
the journey, if you will, of going from having suicidal depression, depression thoughts to a cure. And the first thing you told us is that you, you did this thing about getting to know yourself, getting rid of uh, denial of self. And I, you know, Mm-hmm. I call that having a, having on a mask where we ref- I, I even refuse to see me. No longer can you see me, but I refuse to see me. Anything that mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. appear to be lovely and perfect, I, I shone from my eyes, which is a recipe for internal disaster. So I think mm-hmm. we really have to do it. So outside of that, what what else would someone need to do if they say, you know, I'm having I'm having these really dark days where it's difficult to function. Yeah. So what else? I think that probably the most simple and basic um, tool that I could offer that's sort of the fun- fundamental foundation of everything else that I do is that, um, that what's true for you will make you feel lighter and what's a lie for you will make you feel heavier and be in question and ask questions. So my whole process and my whole work is all about inquiry and asking questions and looking for the place that creates a shift, creates a lightness, creates a, an ease. So when we're talking about the, the entity energy and that kind of thing, is the question is like, okay, what is what is going on in my awareness? What's going on that's creating this experience for me? Is it entities? And if that makes you feel lighter, okay, there's a good chance that it is. You might say, uh, does this have to do with something from childhood that I haven't been willing to look at? If there's any sense of lightness there, then maybe that's a place to look. But really about, like I said, everything is information that you can use to your advantage. And if you use the tool of question to inquire in to whatever's showing up in your life and to look at what is going to help make it shift and change, that's where you're going to find the space. That's where you're going to find the ease, the peace, mm-hmm. and ultimately the happiness is when you start to really acknowledge what things are. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. One thing I want to say about the question thing, and then I want to really talk about for the rest of our time together, how people can work with you, what kind of work you do with them. But this idea of questioning, and I love this idea. I call it dating myself because you know how you go on that first date with someone, right? And it's question, 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 and you're, you know, you're inquisitive. And we think, well, we've been in this body for X number of years and we feel like we know everything about it and we become numb to it. We stop asking ourselves questions. Well, how did that feel? And, and why do you feel that way? Really start to date yourself. And it, I like saying it that way because it sounds light and airy and something that we may be interested in doing dating yourself asking yourself questions about the most mundane things you'll be you'll be amazed at the answers that will come up for you about you that will make you say oh my gosh that's why I'm feeling so fearful right now you know and you can really deal mm-hmm. with things on that level so I love that ask questions of yourself and and st- stick around wait for the answer don't rush yourself to the answer because right. sometimes and it's not Asking questions is not like going and looking for the answer. It's just like inviting insight to show up. And when we're in a conclusion, we've limited what we can know. It's like it is this way. It's a fixed point of view. When you're in a question, there's always room for something else. There's always a greater possibility. And so it's just you don't have to know, but you just ask a question. Like you can even say like, so what's really behind this depression? what is this? Like, you know, show me. I have a YouTube series called Wisdom Behind Depression, which um, 
would be worth for your listeners worth checking out. And I just talk a little bit about a whole bunch of different things that have been behind depression for me that when I got the insight, shifted it, and I came out of, you know, feeling like I was curled up in a ball or wanting to die or whatever that was. Um, so. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, I got to absolutely tell you that I am intrigued by the work that you do. And I'm very hopeful for everyone who is suffering in any way that they mm-hmm. will reach out to you because you are a living proof positive that you've done this modality and it works. So mm-hmm. question. And, I, and I've been talking about you and, and I, as I always do, just kind of testing it amongst people that I come in contact with and you know, giving them your bio. And this a mom asked me this question. What is the youngest client that you would work with? How old does a client need to be in order to be for you to work with them? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, I my background is working with children, so I have a lot of that experience. The way that I would work with them would be quite different um, than I would with an adult, but I I think it would be an individual conversation just to to get a sense and then to, to probably do a custom tailored program for for someone who's, like I would say anyone teenage or older can fit in my current design and my current program. If you're younger than that, then we might need to create something a little bit different that is developmentally appropriate. That's wonderful. I know she's listening today, so thank you for that answer. So how mm-hmm. do people, how do your clients work with you? How do you work with clients and how can they work with you? How can they reach out sure. to you? Sure. So, so the first step is really getting on the phone and having a conversation with me so I can understand what's going on with you, what you're struggling with, and what is going to really be the the key pieces that would turn it around for you. So when I, when I get on the phone with a client, I'll just ask them a bunch of questions just to really get a sense of what are what are they working with, what are they dealing with, is my level of expertise and my experience skill set going to be the best for them. If not, I'll recommend something else. If it is, then we'll talk about joining my program, which I have a comprehensive program where I'm really training people. I'm both coaching them and, and facilitating them myself, but I'm also training them how to use and apply the tools themselves so that they can do the work and the process on themselves. So I used to just see clients and facilitate, and I didn't teach what I was doing. And I found, like, I didn't want people to be con- perpetually dependent on me to help them. I wanted them to learn how to help themselves in a big I way. I love that. So now that's a, I love that's that. a big part of my program is, like, I'm teaching you all the tools, and then we're working together so you not you don't just learn the tools, then you learn also how do I apply them to myself? Like, okay, I don't know what like I'm feeling crazy and I don't know what's going on. I don't even know which tool to start with. So then we get to work with it together and say, Okay, here's how you do it and here's where you apply it and, and so forth. And so that's that's the and then there's also a um a community piece of my program because a lot of the people I work with have struggled with feeling different, isolated, alone, um, you don't really wanting more connection, wanting more community. And I find when you get to hear people who are going through the same things and have the same stories as you, it's so affirming. Like, oh, I'm not the only crazy one. Oh, I'm not, like, other people get what I'm going through. So there's an aspect of my program that also connects people with each other who are working with the same stuff. And then you have a built-in support system as well that goes beyond just working with me. So 
Right, which is so very important that we realize that we are all cut from the same cloth. The same root mm-hmm. binds each and every one of us. And so no matter how individual we are, and we are individuals, our problems may seem at the root of this, there is a humanity that, that joins each and every one of us. So isolation is always a problem. It will always result in a problem. There is strength in numbers. There is strength in yes. numbers. There is healing, so, there, is healing I mean, there as well. I, I just see like the gift that is when people share their stories with each other and, and even the gift of me sharing my story. I used to be not talk about feeling suicidal and not talk about mental health because I was scared of being judged. And then the more I was willing to talk about how I had experienced that, it's like I just kept pushing the envelope and I was like, where's the edge where people are going to disconnect from me and, and disown me? And I was really surprised how welcoming it was for people to say like, huh, you mean we can talk about this? We can talk about like having suicidal feelings? Oh my gosh. We can admit so this and it's not we're, we are running we're running out of time. I hear I hear that music coming to join us and Exodus out. I want to thank okay. Ilana Davidson for being with us today and sharing this wealth of information. I know you got something out of it. I know you can use it to better your life. Until next time, thank you for being an Everyday Peacemaker. I absolutely love you. See you next Monday. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.